0: Sometimes, when I'm at the back right before I come up, I'll bring up a drink of, uh, or a bottle of water to uh, just get the vocal cords ready for preaching and make sure, especially as the the air dries out, uh, it's really valuable for a speaker to have some water. And I got to thinking about this bottle of water. What's it worth? Well, the value of this bottle of water largely depends on uh, where you're trying to buy it. You can go to Sam's and get a pallet of them, and if you break down the cost, it might be like 10 cents a bottle. You might go to Walmart or Dillon's and, and find a smaller package, and it uh, might be maybe 50 cents a bottle. You might travel on the road and go to a hotel, and, and they might offer you one, and it would be maybe two or three dollars. Or maybe you're flying and you go to the airport, and a bottle of water like this will be about $17. (laughs) The lesson is clear. It's the same water. It's the exact same water. We've all only ever had the exact same water. The water that God created at the beginning is the same water that's in this very bottle. But what changed the value? Well, it depends on who the owner is. It depends on how much they valued it. Owners of the airport figure, well, you didn't have many options, not a lot of competition. So they can raise that price as high as they need to. People at Sam's know you're there for a deal and they can sell it to you in mass quantities. It's the same water, but it's valued differently. Well, today we're going to talk about something that's that all of us have, but that all of us value very differently. What we're talking about is the gift of your mind. We are finishing up our series, the series, uh, not according to your handout, which says the series is the things to think about. That's the title of the sermon. The series is called Anxious for Nothing, and today we are going to be in Philippians chapter 4, which is where we've been for the whole time, and we're going to be in verse 8. We're talking about the value of your mind. How much do you value your mind? How much do you realize what a blessing from God it is? I'm convinced that your mind is one of the greatest parts of God's creation. And that every time He creates a new human being, He creates a a tiny little miracle just in what happens in your mind. It's the human CPU. It learns exponentially. A little nephew, he's about nine or ten months old, and and he was at our house yesterday, and he's kind of learning to walk. And it's fascinating how the human mind learns things. It learns exponentially. It's, uh, it's, it's fascinating to see. Now, you and I, you know, most of us get out of bed and we walk and we just don't give it any thought. But at some point, way back at the beginning of your early years, you had to learn how to take those first steps. The, the human mind, the, human, the brain is such a fascinating creation of God. It's the only organ that I know that actually named itself. Now you have to think about that for, oh, I did, yeah, the brain named itself. Good job, brain. We we spend our whole lives dependent upon this creation of God, and yet most of us will never see it with our own eyes. Your mind contains every book you've ever read, every movie you've ever watched, every song you've ever heard or sung, uh, every person you've ever met. Now, you might not think that, <laughs> but your mind keeps all that in there. And some people keep it in there better than others, but it's in there. For better or for worse, your mind is a wonderful, powerful creation of God, and we do well to understand its value. We're going to spend this last lesson of our series, Anxious for Nothing, talking about the mind. And why are we going to do that? Well, in part because our key text points us to that, okay? We're going to be in Philippians four 8, But, but as we think about this series, which is a series on fear and anxiety and worry, I don't think it's by accident that the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write from a prison cell about the importance of what we think about. Do you ever think about what you think about? Do you give great thought to your thoughts? They're powerful, you know. They come from this space between your ears. I hope you're using it for more than just a hat rack. Your mind is created by God. And when we talk about fear and anxiety and worry, all of that starts right here, when we let it in. So, Philippians chapter 4, eight was where we're going to be. The first thing we want to understand is that your mind is incredible. It is truly one of the wonders of God's creation. Think about this. I'm going to get 500 people, give or take, to respond in unison when I say three simple words. You ready? We are farmers. Now, wait a second. How did that happen? How did you know instinctively how to respond when I did that tiny little jingle? Because some people in the marketing part department for farmers insurance or the marketing company who they hired understood that your mind is highly valuable real estate. And if they can get an earworm just right in there somewhere, You'll be going along one day, just driving down the road, mind your own business, and hear that, we are farmers. (laughs) It's so silly. But it's why people spend millions of dollars for 15 or 30 seconds in a Super Bowl ad. Why? Because they want you thinking about their good service or product. And Farmers has done a good job of that. They understand what we, Christians especially, often fail to understand in that this space is highly valuable real estate. That everything that's in there came from somewhere. There is a battle, you see, for your mind. It's more than just catchy jingles. There is a battle for your mind. I want you to think for just a second. There is, there is meaning behind every song that's on your playlist. There's a purpose. If you ever take, just look at the music that you listen to. Think about the songs you listen to. Now you think the lyrics don't affect me. I just listen to it for the, for the rhythm. It's catchy. Yeah, that's by design. I know songs from the 1980s that are still in here. I only need just the beginning beat of it, and I can nearly sing the whole song. Because they knew there's a battle for my mind. And don't you believe for a second that the enemy doesn't know that there is a battle for your mind, and he needs certain things in your mind. So, every bit of music you listen to, Every bit of media that you consume, every bit of social media that you consume, everything you binge watch on Hulu or Netflix, there is a battle for your mind. We have to be careful. You shouldn't watch every show on Netflix. You shouldn't read every book that someone says, oh, this will be a good book. You shouldn't listen to every podcast that someone says is great. You shouldn't sing every song. You shouldn't be friends with every person. You shouldn't let your kids watch anything on YouTube because it keeps them occupied. Because even at a young age, there's a battle for their mind. If Satan can get in your mind, the battle is half over. This is why Proverbs 4.23, piece of wisdom literature says this, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Many of you probably have cars in the parking lot, not our online audience, but, but those of you who are here in person have cars in the parking lot. My guess is, if you're wise, you lock the doors to your cars. Most of you, if you came here and you left your home, you locked the doors to your homes. Why? Because you don't just want anybody getting in your car or your home. And yet, many of us, and I've been there, will just look at what Hulu recommends I should watch and hit play. We'll let anyone in here Oh, we have to be careful. We have to keep our heart with all vigilance. A good question to ask yourself when you 're reading something, when you 're listening to something, when you 're watching something even even when you 're with other people is this: Do I want this in there forever? Now uh, your mind is so powerful. You probably remember things from your childhood, a special birthday party, a special Christmas gift. You you probably remember the the day that you got married. You, You probably remember the day your children were born. There's all of that good stuff in there. But I bet there is stuff in your mind that you wish you could erase. Pornography that you've watched. Movies that you've... Bad jokes that you've heard. People that you've been around who put things in your mind. Filth that you've listened to or read. And and you wish, you wish that you could get it out. But see, the mind is so powerful that... uh, See, once it's in there, it's, it's nearly impossible to get it out. So keep your heart with all... Vigilant, for from it flow the springs of life. You see, if I were to open this bottle and put into it some food coloring, which would be a cool visual, but I couldn't find any, so you'll just have to imagine. Imagine putting some food coloring in here. Oh, it's colorful, isn't it? Now, now, could I get that food coloring back out? No, I couldn't. No, see, once it's in there... Tends to stay there. We've got to be careful. Guard your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. It's incredible, and so we have to value it and protect it for the treasure that it is. Well, what do we do with the stuff that's already inside? I've, I've, I know I made some of you wince. You've got some things in your mind that you let in there. Yesterday, last week, a year ago, 10 years ago, what do I do with that, preacher? You give this, give me this problem, but I got the stuff in there that shouldn't be in there. Now, how do I deal with that? What do we do with the stuff already inside? Well, first thing is, you can't believe everything you think. This is important because your mind has all a collection of music and podcasts and things that you've read and all of that, and some of that's true, but there's a lot of it that's not true. And so you have to give great thought to your thoughts. Sometimes you may find yourself thinking a thought, and in that moment you have to say, no, that's not true. Sometimes you may have an idea, and you have to say, no, I'm sorry, that's wrong. You see, the the problem is, not everything you think is good, right, or true. Your, your mind needs renewal. Turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Paul writes this to the church at Rome. He says, I appeal to you, this is page 1215, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Now, this is an interesting teaching because they were used to dead sacrifices, animal sacrifices. Paul is talking about sacrifice in the living way. Well, what does that mean? How do we do that? Well, he goes on to say, do not be, he says, "a, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. You see, this is, He says transformation starts in the mind. If you want to change how you are, you have to change how you think. And we need to discern what we think about. Uh, One good way to do that is by discerning it against the will of God. This is the reason why this morning I invited guests to take a Bible out. This is the reason why I'm looking for those of you who have your Bibles open. Because just because the preacher says it doesn't make it true, you need to run it across through the filter of God's Word to see if what I'm saying is really true. You need to, by testing, think about your thoughts. You need to discern what is the will of God. There, there are some churches, there are some preachers who preach things that sound really good, but they have a hard time finding it in the Scripture. And so you get that thought in your mind... And now you've got a lie in there. You can't believe everything that you think. So we need to transform our mind. And that, of course, begins with Jesus the Christ. He's the only one that I know that can truly transform our mind as we need to have it transformed. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. This is going to be on page uh, 1,238 in the Pew Bible. He says if anyone therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. the old has passed away. behold the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation It starts with christ that's the that's the the basic foundational absolutely You know, no way around it. You cannot change your mind, renew your heart without Jesus the Christ. He takes the old, He makes it new. Now, Jesus loves you just as you are, and yet, He doesn't leave anyone the same. And so, as you. Begin your walk with Jesus when you're buried with Him in baptism. When you begin as a new infant in Christ, you begin walking in your relationship with Him. He's going to slowly but surely change your mind, renew it, renew you from the inside out. Old thoughts become washed away. New thoughts replace them. How does this happen? I'm glad that you asked. Turn five chapters over to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Paul's in the middle of talking about his ministry and some of the things he did, and look what he says here in chapter 10, verse 5. Let me back up a couple of verses up. Verse 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. What are these strongholds? Verse 5, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And take every thought captive to obey Christ. That seems like a high standard. It certainly is. But we are called, as Christ followers, to take every thought and make it captive to Christ. So when you have a thought, if you're a Christian, if you have a thought that shouldn't be there, you have something in your mind that shouldn't be there, the thing to do instantaneously is to say, Lord Jesus, I need you to take captive that thought. I need you to take control of that thought. I need you to remove that thought thought, and he'll help you do that. The war is in your mind, and so we have to begin by letting Christ sit on the throne of our hearts and our minds to renew them, and we have to be willing to let Christ take every thought captive. Now, I've told you before, uh, a couple of lessons ago, we default to the negative. I do too. I don't know what it is. Sometimes, just in my morning routine, I start having thoughts. You know, you kind of think through the day, and you think about people, and you think about situations. And I I instantly begin to default to the negative. And that's not how I should be, and that's not the Lord's will for how I should think. And so I begin trying, Lord, that's not the right thought. Help me take captive that thought and put in there what should be in there. Renew my mind and help me to test and discern what is Your will begins by yielding your mind to the master. That's where once we are a new creation, then we have a choice to make. And that is this to choose wisely every thought you think about. Turn to the book of Romans again, Romans chapter eight. Again, talking about the, the, the battle of the flesh versus the spirit. And he's talking about the the challenge (laughs) that we have in doing the right thing, doing the thing we know we should do. And he says there's this battle going on within each of us who are walking in the spirit. If you're paying attention, Romans chapter 8, 5 uh, is where we're starting, page 1210. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the what did you set your mind on this past week? Did you set your mind on things of the flesh or things of the spirit? Well, how would you know? Well, are you thinking about God's will? Are you meditating on his word? Are you, are you filling it with God's word? Did you get any of God's word in here this week besides what I said last Sunday? Or what your Bible class teacher said this morning? You, if, if that's the case, I don't mean to come too hard with you, but, but you're, you're starving spiritually. You're not feeding the Spirit. How, how many hours did you spend listening to a podcast? How many hours did you spend watching your favorite show on Netflix over Thanksgiving break? How many hours did you spend listening to other people, godless people in particular? You've got to think about that. Those who who set their minds on the things of the flesh, uh, those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Now listen to this. Look at this, verse 7. This is why you can't do it yourself. Look. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. This is one thing that happens when we're baptized, not just the forgiveness of the sins, but the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He says, you are not in the flesh, you are in the spirit, and in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him, but if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. And if the the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. But if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you will put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. That's that's a long piece of text, but it tells us this important truth. We have to decide whether we're going to set our minds on the things of the flesh, of the things of the world, or we're going to set our minds and our hearts on the things of the Spirit. you got to think carefully about the inputs. you got to think carefully about the inputs. See, um, oh no, I lost it. Follow me. <laughs> I have this This device that most of you have, would you hold it up, please? I know some of you are on it right now. Go ahead and hold it up. Hold this up. Now, think about this. When you bought this from the Apple Store, did you? Everybody bought their iPhone, right? Okay. When you bought this from the Apple Store, it was exactly, everybody had exactly the same thing. But your phone is your phone because of everything you've saved to it, everything you've put on it, everything you've scrolled. Here's the scary part. This device probably knows more about you than you're even aware of. It knows every time you scroll. It knows every time you stop scrolling. It knows how long you look at images. It knows what websites you visit. We've got to be careful what we think about and what we put into our minds. So the question is this, is this or anything setting my mind on the right things? The social media I'm watching, the music I'm listening to, the movies I'm watching, the books I'm reading, the podcasts I'm listening to, all of that stuff, is that setting my mind on the things of the flesh? Or is it setting my mind on the things of the spirit? That's the simple challenge that Paul gives us in Romans 8. Set your mind on the things of the. That give life. Hey, by the way, congratulations. Is right now, here right now, you are doing that. You're in worship, and you've got God's word open, and you're worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth, and you're doing that here, you're doing that online. You, you, are, you have chosen to set your mind on the things of the spirit. That's a good thing. Congratulations to you. Just take your right hand. Go ahead, if you're right-handed. Take your right hand right now. Just pat yourself on the back. Because okay? you made a good choice. You chose to set your mind on the things of the Spirit and not the things of the flesh. All right. The last verse, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Says that we get to choose whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Set your mind on the things that are right. Do you test positive? Have you tested positive? Will you test positive? I hope that you do. Oh, not that kind of testing positive. What I mean is, do you test positive up here? I know I pick on Eeyore a lot, and some of you don't like that because you're Eeyore. <laughs> I know some worldly people. Oh Man. I know some worldly people, unredeemed by Christ, unforgiven of sin, who are more positive, more thoughtful, more polite, more kind than some Christians I know. Why? Because they just got wet, but they didn't yield their mind to to the Messiah. If you find yourself being an Eeyore, maybe you need to revisit Romans chapter 8, set your mind on the things of the spirit and not the things of the flesh. And finally, let me encourage you to always keep your head up. Colossians chapter 3 verse 2 Paul or yeah, Paul simply says this, if this is page 1,262. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. It was uh, a basketball game UCLA was playing Oregon. And in this particular part of the game, there were two minutes left, and the UCLA center, a man by the name of Moses Brown, he messed up a a pretty important pass that resulted in a lost possession for UCLA. His team, down by two points, the ball drifted out of bounds, and so did his spirit. And at that moment, as he made his transition back to defense, you could see on camera his head and his shoulders dropping. And at this crucial moment in the game, without missing a beat, his fellow teammate, a guy by the name of uh, Jalen Hands, did this. Now listen to me for a second. That's a small thing, but that is huge. You've got to keep your head up, even when it feel like the game's running out of time. And it seems maybe like you're down a little bit. Uh, the, 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 the simple act of placing his hand under his throat and pointing it up and reminding him that the game's not over. Keep your head up. Paul would say the same thing. Keep your mind on things above. Thankfully, it was just what Brown and his teammates needed. And the team rallied together to win by a score of 87 to 84. This book says here that you and I are going to win. Turn to the person on your right and say, we win. Turn to the person on your left and say, we win. If you're really brazen, take your hand, put it under their chin, and just lift their head up just a little bit. Guys, we are on the winning team, so keep your head up. The game's not over. And in the end, we are on the winning team. you got to keep your head up. It's crucial to everyone who wants to win. you got to keep your head up in the battle that we are fighting. It's why the Word is important. It's why worship is so important. It's why the body of Christ matters. Find you a Jalen. Find people in your life who keep your head up. But maybe more important than finding a Jalen, I want to encourage you to be a Jalen. Lift others, point them up, keep their heads focused on things above where Christ is. To keep our minds focused on things above, not on things below. So that as followers of Jesus, we may be anxious for nothing. I hope this series has been helpful to you. This morning, I want to tell you, if you're not in Christ, the battle for your mind has already been lost. You need the Christ to take captive every thought. You need the spirit to take control and and help transform your thoughts and your life. If you're not in Christ and you don't have the spirit of Christ this morning, you can make that We'd be honored to help you make that happen, to put him on in, in baptism and to wash away your sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That can happen here in the next few minutes. Here's how it happens. If you need to put on Christ, if you haven't taken that step, as we sing this song, head to the back. One of our shepherds will be at each entrance. You can find one of those men and tell them, I need to put on Christ. I need to begin my journey today. My head's not been where it should, and I don't have the Spirit dwelling within me. Maybe you've made that step. Maybe you've taken that course of action, and you've just let your your mind shift down. You've let your gaze fix down. You could probably use a shepherd or two to keep your head up. And to pray with you and to pray for you. And they'll be glad to do that. If you have a need, won't you head to the back as together now we stand and sing.